0: great big hand (laughs) thank you Jesus thank you Jesus now y'all have to pardon me while I praise him because the Lord just gave us a miracle this week hallelujah so I'm going to take a moment and praise my God for what he has done yes we have expanded the land in the name of the Lord Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He gave us more space to pour out His grace. Hallelujah. And we are looking to what the Lord has in store. We are going to continue expanding and building creating more opportunity and more room for people to experience what we're experiencing right now. The strength of God, the joy of the Lord, the time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. Amen. I would like to turn your attention this morning to the book of Joshua and the 10th chapter. The book of Joshua and the 10th chapter. Beginning with the first verse, as I mentioned, we thank the Lord that we were able to expand the land by the grace of God and the cheerful giving of His people. And we were able to purchase four and a half more acres. Just this property that is adjacent, as those of you who don't know, uh, this property belonged to Sycamore Christian Church, and by the help of God, we have purchased that property amen in Jesus name and we thank the Lord for that we truly thank the Lord for that and uh, we pray for Sycamore Christian Church as they plan their next uh, few steps and we know that the Lord will help them and give them guidance and we thank him for what he has done hallelujah we're going to continue on our path to doing what God has called us to do in this great city Joshua chapter 10 and verse 1. I want to read a few verses of Scripture from one of the great Bible accounts. Verse 1, it came to pass when Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, had heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and her king, so he had done to Ai and her king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. That they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city as one of the royal cities and because it was greater than Ai. And all the men thereof were mighty. Wherefore Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, sent unto Hoam, king of Hebron, and unto Piram, king of Jarmuth, and unto Japhia, king of Lashish, and unto Debar, king of Eglon, saying, Come up unto me and help me, that we may smite Gibeon. For it hath made peace with Joshua... And with the children of Israel, therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmut, the king of Lashish, the king of Eglon, gathered themselves together. And they all went up, they and all their hosts, and encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. The men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp to Gilgal, saying, "Slack not thy hand from thy servants. Come up to us. Quickly and save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor and the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee, Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel, slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, and chased them along the way that goeth up to Betharon, and smote them to Azekah and unto Machadah. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Betharon that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekah and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it. That the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to preach by the help of the Holy Ghost this morning on this subject sunshine in the shadows sunshine in the shadows let's go to the Lord together in prayer Lord we thank you for your mighty power this morning we thank you for what you're doing in this house Lord you know the needs that are present in this building and in the name of Jesus we surrender ourselves to your divine will asking God that you would move upon each and every individual Lord let the power of the Holy Ghost be poured out Let an anointing from heaven be upon your messenger. And help us to see what your will is for our lives. We love you and we give you praise in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. Thank you again for being here. It's wonderful to see brother and sister Kovach. God bless them, love them so very much. Let's give them a great big hand. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> I just I just really uh admire this man of God Joshua. This account in the scriptures is one of the very uh, powerful accounts in the scripture and and of course this took place in the book of Joshua this took place in the life of Joshua and uh, I want to take a moment and just kind of mention why I uh, like Joshua so much. Uh, the Bible says a lot of good things about this man. And I think sometimes he gets a little bit overlooked uh, by, in the sense that he is in the shadow of so many other wonderful people of God. But when you look at this man, Joshua, uh, you have to understand that his walk with God began very early that he had a unique connection with God. One of the great verses of the Bible that really gives you a glimpse of Joshua and his life and how he would uh, live for the Lord uh, is found when the Bible describes that Moses was speaking to the Lord in the tabernacle in the form of a cloud. And this cloud was... Uh, Speaking, or a voice was coming out of this cloud and speaking to Moses. And while Moses is speaking to the voice of God in the cloud, the Lord is giving him instruction. The Lord is giving him words that would give him guidance. And then the cloud lifts and Moses departs from the tabernacle. And as Moses departs from the tabernacle, Joshua remains in the tabernacle. This is a very important thing to consider, that Joshua would remain in the tabernacle even after Moses had departed from the tabernacle. This gives you an insight into Joshua's mindset, into how Joshua was thinking, that it didn't matter who was watching. It didn't matter what was going on. Joshua was going to remain in the presence of the Lord. Even after it was basically time to go and that the expectation of others was that, that it was time to bring things to a conclusion, Joshua would remain in the presence of the Lord. Of course, you had to realize that Joshua was one of two men who had agreed with the will of God that it was time to go into the land of promise. The land of promise lay ripe for the taking. It was the promise of God to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And now it was the time for the children of Israel to claim the promise of God and to come back into the land that the Lord had given to their fathers. But, but there were 12 spies sent, and 10 of them came out saying, there are giants in that land. We cannot go into that land. But yet there were two men who said, we can do it. Because if the Lord said it, that settles it. And two of those men, one was Caleb and one was Joshua. Now those who didn't agree with them were, were upset at them. They, they didn't like this positive report, but, but this was the report of the Lord. And we choose to believe the report of the Lord. When God gives you a promise, you can step into that promise lay claim to that promise. And Joshua epitomized this truth very early in life. And so this is one of the things about him. One of the things that's so very noble of Joshua is that he was faithful to Moses, was loyal to Moses. He would go with Moses wherever Moses would go. And he would stay when Moses said to stay, and he would, and he would venture on when Moses told him to venture on. And when it was time for Moses to depart... The Lord said to Moses, you have somebody in the wings that I have anointed. And you're going to bless him in the sight of Israel and he's going to carry your work forward. And this man was the man by the name of Joshua. Joshua ended up leading the children of Israel into the promised land. The land that he knew from the beginning that God had said they could have that land. And he led them across the Jordan River. The Jordan River parted hither and thither. They walked through on dry ground. They went into the promised land. This was the work and the leadership of a man by the name of Joshua. Of course, one of the the things that I like so much about Joshua is his very name. You know people named Joshua. We've got Joshua's here, Brother Joshua Flynn was just playing the guitar a moment ago. That name Joshua is a is a Hebrew name, and it's, it literally means Yahshua or Jesus. So think of, the, think of the message being sent when a man by the name of Yahshua leads the children of Israel into the land of promise. Think of the message that God is letting Israel hear and understand when Yeshua takes them across the Jordan River and leads them into a land that flows with milk and with honey. What what an amazing character of the Bible this individual is. And the passage of Scripture that we have read this morning is one of the amazing accounts of his life. In fact, you heard it as we read it. There was no day like this day before and there was no day like this day afterward that the Lord heard the prayer of a person the way that he heard the prayer of Joshua. He fought for Israel on that day in a way that, that, that Israel had never known up to that point. And the Bible says that Joshua and the children of Israel had taken the city of ai and when they took the city of ai this caused the king of gibeon to recognize that Ai had been taken and he said to joshua look we just want to be friends and joshua said that's all we want is to be friends and the bible said that joshua and gibeon made a league with one another and that they dwelt among one another they were friends these nations of people had begun to develop a a livable environment where there was no war and there was no animosity toward one another and this frightened the Amorites the Amorites were comprised of five nations and we read about those nations one was the king of Jerusalem at the time one was the king of Hebron, one was the uh, the king of Jarmuth, and king of Lashish, the king of Eglon. And these five kings heard that the king of Gibeon had made peace with Joshua and the children of Israel, and they decided that they would launch a war strike against the Gibeonites for making peace with Joshua and the children of Israel. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there is an anti-Semitic spirit that has been in our world for a very long time. It is the same spirit that led the serpent or or that that possessed the serpent to tempt Eve in the garden. It is the same spirit that that caused Ishmael to mock Isaac. It is the same spirit that caused Esau to want to kill Jacob. It is a spirit that says, I don't want the promise of God to be done in the earth. It is the spirit of Antichrist. And it breeds all sorts of bigotry and racism and prejudice and hatred and malice and wrath. And it was alive in this passage of scripture. Five kings looked at the city of Gibeon and said concerning the city of Gibeon, That they've made peace with Israel. We can't have them making peace with Israel. So all five kings have to launch a war strike against the city of Gibeon. And they did. They came up in numbers. They came up with force. Five armies, mighty nations that rose up against Gibeon. And Gibeon knew where to go. Gibeon called on Joshua. And they said, we need you to come up. We need you to help us. We need you to save us. Come up quickly. And when you make a league with Joshua, when you're in agreement with the children of Israel, then you're in agreement. And they're going to fight with you. And they're going to fight for you. And they're going to be on your side. And they've got something that you need. And that is the living God. It is interesting to me. I was at a prophecy conference ministering this week in Maryland. And while I was there, Pastor Nathaniel Haney from Stockton, California, was also ministering. He made a great statement in his presentation. He said, he was speaking of Belshazzar and the desecration of the the vessels of the temple of the Lord. And he said Belshazzar was directly desecrating the God of Israel. He said, have you noticed That the God that people mock is the God of Israel. Why weren't they mocking any of the other gods of the other nations they had taken captive? They had taken captive many nations. So many nations in their quest to rule and reign over the world. But when it came time to make sport, they made sport of the God of Israel. The reason is that there's one thing that distinguishes the God of Israel from every one of these other lowercase G O D's He is the living God. Hallelujah. We do not serve a make believe God. We do not serve a fairy tale God. We do not serve some kind of a made up religion, a religious idea about God. We serve the living God of heaven and earth. He is the maker of heaven and earth. The devil doesn't even waste his time on the stuff he knows isn't real, but to try to deceive. Through mockery of the living God. And so this was, the, this was the reason that these armies rose up against Gibeon. They have made alliance with Israel. They must die. And so Israel rose up against these five nations who came in on the offensive. And Joshua and the children of Israel began to drive them back. The Bible says that the Lord discomfited those nations. Now, we're talking about Israel. Israel was never this major war machine. Israel was always and still is a small group of people. A small group of people who by the grace and the help and the mercy of God have continued to exist for thousands of years. And, and ladies and gentlemen, when they came at these five nations, they came with the understanding that the Lord is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Even the world, if they want to describe a situation where there's an underdog who is trying to overcome what seems to be an insurmountable obstacle, they will refer to it as David versus Goliath. This is a Jewish historical account. This is a biblical, Hebraic historical account of a Jewish boy who was up against the giant. His name was Goliath, and everybody else had cowered away. But David said, I come not against you with a sword or a spear. I come against you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of Israel. I love what David Ben-Gurion said, the first prime minister of Israel concerning the statehood of Israel. I love what he said. He said, it is not practical to live in Israel and not believe in miracles. When you live for God, you're going to have one miracle after another, after another, after another. When you live for God, there's going to be one thing after another, hallelujah, to develop in your life to remind you He is Lord, and He is in charge, and He is on the throne, and He does love you. So when Joshua and the children of Israel came against those five nations. The Bible says that the Lord discomforted them all night and they fought those nations and that the Lord fought for them. And not only did they slay them, but they put them on the run. And when they were on the run, Joshua knew, you know what, it's not enough to put them on the run because all they'll do is run off and regroup and come back to fight another day. And ladies and gentlemen, a lot of times that's what we do. We come to church, clap our hands, sing our little song, get our shout on, and we put the devil on the run. But we never take the time to be consecrated and crucified in our flesh and truly rid ourselves of those things that fight our soul. And you do know that's what fleshly lusts do. God forbid we should allow fleshly lusts room in our spirit. The Bible gives us an indicator of what fleshly lusts are out to do. The Bible says abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. When you entertain fleshly lusts, you are entertaining something that wars against your soul. You know, that thing that lives forever. It's warring. The lusts are warring against your soul. And Joshua didn't just put them on the run. Joshua and the children of Israel hunted them down. But they weren't by themselves. The Lord was fighting for them. And the Lord opened the heavens and he rained hailstones down upon those nations as they ran and fled. And the Bible says that more of them were destroyed by the hailstones than were by the sword of Israel. God will do infinitely more for you than what you will ever be able to do for yourself. He will do infinitely more. But the great miracle of this whole account is when Joshua needed just a few more hours in the day. The day was departing, and listen, when the darkness would fall, that's when things would begin to go awry because the darkness created challenges that they weren't prepared to overcome. And so Joshua cried out to the Lord in the sight of Israel and said, Son, stand thou still over Gibeon and moon, stand still over the valley of Agilon. And the Bible says that something happened that never happened before or since. But it, time, stood still. And the sun stayed right where it was. And the moon stayed where it was. And Joshua and the children of Israel were able to operate at 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock. And 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. Like it was in the middle of the noonday sun. And God gave them the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We learned two things from this experience of Joshua and the children of Israel. One, we learned that if you let him, the Lord will fight your battles. I said, if you let him, the Lord will fight your battles. And he'll do things you can't do for yourself. Hallelujah. And he has power that you don't have in and of yourself if you really want the victory let me remind you it is not by might let me remind you it is not by power let me remind you it is by the spirit of the lord the second thing we learned from this is that when god said let there be light there was light and there's nothing anybody can do about that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him without him was not anything made that was made and in him was life and that life is the light of men and that light shined in the darkness that light shined in the darkness that light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehendeth it not glory hallelujah glory hallelujah it's important that we understand that the devil's tool is darkness it is the devil's deed to create a situation where there is darkness And if he can cast a shadow of darkness over you and over your circumstances, then he can have an advantage over you darkness causes confusion darkness causes problems of inability to see it causes ignorance a lack of understanding not knowing where you're walking not knowing where your hands need to go not understanding where the enemy is he could be anywhere he could be behind you he could be to your left or to your right he could be directly in front of you when you're in darkness you're at a disadvantage to the enemy But my God said, I am the light of the world. Can I remind somebody that the Lord is my light and my salvation? Can I remind somebody the Lord is the strength of my life? When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path I'm going to tell you it doesn't take a whole lot of light to dispel darkness I'm going to tell you, to tell you it's amazing what just a little bit of light will do somebody with a night light said amen, amen. you know what I t- I used to like a night light because I didn't, I didn't want to go to bed in the dark now I need a night light because I don't want to stub my toe you don't know pain until you've stubbed your toe, and you weren't expecting it to happen. I'm telling you right now, it'll reduce you in a tenth of a second, and then you're going you're to face an even worse injury because it's not the most natural thing to hop around the room in the dark on one foot. But the light changes the whole trajectory, of what you're facing there's no bedpost that can rise up against me because I have a light to show me which way I'm going there is no chair leg that can get in my way because I've got a light to show me the path I'm not going to miss that bottom step because I've got a light to show me which way to go Come on ladies and gentlemen, don't be tripped up and stumped by the most basic things of life. Let the Lord be a light unto you. Let the Lord be a light unto you. Glory hallelujah. Glory hallelujah. Who? Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let that light shine. I don't care what the bushel is. It's got to come off of the light that God put in my life. Come on, if the bushel is your favorite tradition, take the bushel off so the light can shine. If the bushel is your favorite sports team, take the bushel off so the light can shine. If the bushel is your favorite habit, take the habit off so the light can shine. Glory. Because the enemy cannot operate like he could in the darkness. He can't operate that way in light. Light changes everything. Oh, I know where he is now. Oh, it's on now. Because the Lord is my light. Israel, I need you to come help me. Because I don't have the light like you've got the light. Let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you have unsaved friends who call you when they need prayer. You're thinking of them right now. They did it this week because they know you have a light. They know you're connected to the living God. They know you're connected to the power of His Spirit. Let the light shine. Let the light shine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And dispel and drive back The darkness. I want you to know that that these are five kings and they came up against Gibeon. You know they were fine with Gibeon before Gibeon linked up with Israel? They were fine. They were like hanging out, going golf and just chilling with Gibeon. And then Gibeon links up with Israel. The moment that Gibeon said we will make a league with Yahshua, these five kings turned on them I do to tell you, I've pastored long enough to see that when people decide to serve the Lord, that's when stuff rises up against them. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's, it's sometimes you got to warn people because you're up here saying, he's a peace that passes understanding, joy in the midst of sorrow. There's no joy like serving the Lord. He's great. He's good. He's awesome. You're going to love it. This is the best life. This is the blessed life. This is the only way to live. And they said, I want it. And all hell comes against them. And you're like, oh, I forgot to tell you. I want to get ready because <laughs> it gets worse before it gets better. There are five kings waiting in the shadows for you to make up your mind and if you decide not to serve the Lord they'll probably never raise their ugly head they'll just walk merrily with you straight into hell but if you decide to serve the Lord they're going to come against you with ferocity they're going to come against you with vitriol they're going to come against you with their teeth bearing but do not be afraid for the Lord God is with you And he shall go before you, and the Lord will fight your battle. May I preach to somebody, hold your peace, and let the Lord fight your battles. Hold your peace, and let the Lord fight your battles. Glory. I mean, Gibeon was just like, you know what? This is the right thing to do. I've been meaning to do something better with my life. And Joshua and the children of Israel are good peoples, and we shall join forces. And I mean their hands hadn't any more clasped. And all five kings of the Amorites and their armies rose up and descended upon Gibeon. That's what happens when you decide to serve the Lord. This actually gives us a picture of what happens in the spirit. This is what principalities do when you and your family begin to serve the Lord. They join forces against you. And then they join forces. They say we're going to bring them down because nobody makes an alliance with Jesus without a fight. And so they come at you with everything they have. I was praying about this. I began to realize there are five, there are five, principalities, that come against people who decide to serve the Lord. One, is offense. Offense. Somebody who ever had to wrestle that demon down into the dirt, say, Amen. Amen. See what I said? See what I mean? We've all been there. Where, where. The enemy comes in like a flood, and the first, the first, the first battalion over the hillside is offense. And I'm talking about you'll get offended, there'll be people offend you you didn't know could offend anybody. They were sweet, 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 kind, loving, and caring. And the moment you made an alliance with Jesus, ah, claws came out, teeth started, fangs started growing, and some of them were in the church. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Hey, let me tell you something. Don't be deceived by the enemy, and don't let him make you an agent of his. Come on, don't be a spy for Satan. You know, this is a haven of rest. This this is a haven of rest. This is the heavenly Jerusalem. This is the city of our God. We don't need any spies for Satan trying to do the work of the enemy in the house of the living God. And you got to catch it because it will come up on you before you know it. He's so deceptive. And, 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 and he'll, just get up, he'll just get up on you and, and make you mad about something. And you'll lash out and say something. And before you know it, you realize, oh, I shouldn't have said that. shouldn't have done that. I think I was offensive. I think I was hurtful. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan. We're going to make it right with my brother my sister. Offense will come, but don't be offended in Jesus' name. Don't let offense come against you and win the battle. He'll bring offense. In, within offense is also betrayal. These are soldiers in the battalion of offense. And one of, the, one of the weapons that offense is known for is the weapon of bitterness. This is one of the most dangerous weapons that you could ever imagine. It's, it's kind of like chemical warfare you don't even know it's getting in you you're just breathing it in like it's normal air but it's a toxic odorless fume and it gets down into you and it roots it's the Bible calls it a root of bitterness it is a root of bitterness it gets down and it tangles its roots around your emotions around your nervous system it gets into your, into your mind and starts to affect the way the neurons of your brain travel and it causes you to start having triggers and little things will set you off, and you don't even know why. You're just bitter. You're just mad. You're just angry. You're just bitter. You're just resentful. You just don't like them. It's because when you decided to start serving the Lord, offense rose up against you and is trying to take you down. Another one I've seen happen is insecurity insecurity personal insecurities can bring a great a great devastation to people and the and the tool that insecurity brings is depression that's the insecurities big weapon is depression and everybody's got insecurities insecurities you wouldn't even dream they had they've got them and the devil will play on them i've got an insecurity that has bothered me all my life now don't tell anybody this this is just embarrassing so don't tell anybody just between you and I I've been skinny since I was born I'm talking about skinny 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 I've drunk every protein drink that's out there and the Lord said no and I'm like please no But it's this insecurity, and I mean, if I had a dollar, I could retire. If I had a dollar for everybody who said, Boy, you better put some meat on them bones. (laughs) I could retire right now. Finally, I just had to own it and say, All right, I'm skinny, and I'm doomed to be skinny forever, and I'm going to just have to live with it and deal with it and cope with it. And you know what? Besides, in Jesus, I'm a new creature made exactly the way he wants me to be made and you're made exactly the way he wants you to be made. God decided the world needed a me and God decided that the world needed a you and he made us in his image. Rejoice for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And don't let the devil pick on you for what you have deemed to be an insecurity in your life. Own it and say, I belong to him. (laughs) I belong to him. I will not let depression have an advantage over me. I will not be insecure. I don't find my security in myself anyway. I don't find it in how I look. I don't find it in how much I achieve. I find my security in Jesus Christ. Because when this all fades away, the Lord will live forever. And I will stand with him at the latter day. I know my Redeemer lives. Another thing that the enemy brings against you, sometimes the moment you start serving the Lord, sickness. Anybody ever been sick before? What about so sick and you couldn't get well? The enemy comes in like a flood. And sometimes the Lord even allows it to be a purging, refining fire for you. Sometimes the Lord allows it to be a thorn in your flesh for a little while. Because he's perfecting something in you and he's strengthening something that you can't see. The weapon that sickness brings is a weapon that is so cruel. It is is cruel and and it's, you know, unlike insecurity and offense that are more like, in the air chemical warfare this is this is just blunt raw in your face tear you up it's weakness Do you know that's why we have to pray for one another Do you know that's why we have to pray pray for the sick because the sick are so many times so weak that it is difficult for them to pray it is difficult for them to open up their mouth and pray to the Lord for their own healing. That's why when somebody is sick among us, we must pray for them because their weakness is attacking them to such a degree that they are being being destroyed in a way that they can't really fight back. That's when Israel comes up and says, we will fight for you. We will stand on your behalf and fight with you and fight for you. My God, the Lord is looking for inner If the church would pray as God has empowered us to pray, we would see a revival that would not stop. We would see a revival that would turn a city on its head because the Lord hears and responds to the prayers of his people. Don't forget the army of financial crisis. You know what I'm saying? Just when everything's going good and you're trying to listen to the Lord and obey the Lord and do the Lord's bidding and trying to serve the Lord and all of a sudden some financial whoa comes out of the blue. Loss of a job, loss of income, investment that begins to go bad and the enemy is hot on your trail. And I've seen people try to do something for the Lord, try to stand up for the Lord, try to serve the Lord, try to do what the Lord wants them to do. And the next thing they know, the enemy has attacked their finances. Another enemy that comes against someone who tries to serve the Lord is the enemy of temptation. Temptation. The weapon that temptation uses, and it's a a vicious weapon, because this is a weapon that actually, it's not so much confrontational as it is. It, it preys on the things you desire. And this, this weapon is, is very cruel, and it's called lust. And people will be battling a temptation. Temptations they didn't even know existed, but when they tried to serve the Lord, here comes that temptation. Temptation. And and it, it fights against them with their own lust, the lusts of their eyes and the lusts of their flesh. Things that they want, things that their physical man would desire. And that temptation comes against them. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a way to deal with lust. And this is how the Bible teaches us to deal with lust. It's it's not very difficult. It's not very difficult, but you gotta understand how important it is. The Bible says, flee. It doesn't say cope, deal, try to manage. Run for your life. Flee, 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 flee. When lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. When sin is finished, it brings forth death. Flee youthful lust. Temptation comes against you. Financial crisis comes against you. Sickness comes against you. Insecurities rise up inside of you. Offenses come at you from places that you least expected it. Do not fear. You have just signed an allegiance with someone who has the power over offense, over insecurity, over temptation. In Jesus' name, over temptation, over sickness. By his stripes, you are healed Oh, in the name of the Lord, He'll come against that financial crisis. In Jesus' name, I feel to say this in the Holy Ghost: Those who are fighting a financial crisis right now, give unto the Lord, and it shall be given unto you. When you surrender your first fruits in tithe and free will offerings, you are bringing the blessing of the Lord on your finances. Other people might suffer, but I'm going to tell you that the Spirit of the Lord will move on your 401k. The Spirit of the Lord will move on your CD, your Roth IRA. The Spirit of the Lord will move on your job and give you favor. Glory. Hallelujah. I just signed an allegiance with Joshua. I just signed an allegiance with Jesus. I just signed a pact with Jesus. I just repented of my sins. I just was baptized in the name of Jesus. I was just filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I don't have to stand here and fight this battle for myself. Come quickly. Save us. Help us. I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, from where you may least expect it, Jesus will rise up for you. And he will fight your battles. Hallelujah. The Bible says Joshua and the children of Israel came forth. But they didn't come by themselves. They came with the living God of Israel. And the Lord said, fear not. Neither be afraid. For I have given the city to you. You will have them. Not a man of them will stand before you. Oh, hallelujah. And Joshua needed some extra time. And this is what you got to understand about the Lord with the Lord the light never goes out and Joshua knew that Joshua knew that he said son stand still and the light stayed the light never goes out with the Lord it doesn't matter how dark the day the light never goes out hallelujah my, my great-grandfather was was uh, a great man of God you've heard me talk about him the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost in 1910, and he was a great pioneer preacher of the gospel. And he preached New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and then he, he went to Persia where he was from. He preached the gospel. He faced so much persecution, so much difficulty, and, and so, many, uh, so many hostilities. He went into Russia, had to, had to deal with the communist revolution that was that was so anti- uh pentecost and anti-church anti-christian and and his what he dealt with was just so unbelievable and you've heard me talk about how the lord kept him and preserved him and gave him strength but one of the things i don't talk a lot about is the fact that that his his wife left him she left him not only did she leave him she left him with four children and the the youngest was terminally ill and died at the at in his early 20s and and Andrew Urshan had to care for that young child all through the rest of his childhood and teenage years even while he preached the gospel and she left went with another man and left. And and Andrew Urshan had a re- walk with God, a relationship with God, but and he had gone through, he had gone through Kurdish Muslim massacres. He had gone through communist revolutions. He had been persecuted. Even here in America, he was persecuted because he couldn't speak very good English. And he was mocked and made fun of and taken advantage of. And and Andrew Urshan survived all of those things. But here came an enemy he wasn't prepared for. And it came up over the horizon, and it was the last thing he ever expected. But sure enough, the enemy launched a war strike against him. Some people would have folded. Some people would have collapsed. Some people would have said, I can't do it. But he he had this allegiance with the Lord that said, the Lord will fight my battles. And so he called on the name of the Lord. And my grandfather remembers as a little boy, he was 13 years of age when it happened. My grandfather remembers waking up in the morning shortly after this all had transpired. And hearing his dad, my great-grandfather, just kind of tinkering on the piano and singing a song that said, There is sunshine in the shadows. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrows when our hearts are filled with pain. Oh, there is sunshine when we're burdened. Yes, there is sunshine when we pray. Oh, there is sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine, all the way. (laughs) Hallelujah. I've come to tell somebody, I don't know what kind of darkness has descended upon your life, but when you've signed an allegiance with Jesus, the light never goes out. And it's going to be all right. I remember preaching in Alaska three years ago. And and I was in in Alaska on June 21st, the, the summer solstice. I was there preaching a camp meeting. And it was the longest day of the year. And, and, and they took me out after service. They said, Brother we want to take you over to Brother and Sister Glover's house, one of the pastors there. And we're going to eat and, and just fellowship a little bit. And they've got a little something prepared for us. I said, That'd be great. So we go over and we sit and talk and eat. And I mean, the sun is just bright. In Alaska, on, at the summer solstice, the sun doesn't go down. It's, it's literally day around, 24 hours a day, the sun is shining. And, and there's just a little bit of a faint blue like a twilight and then it's bright sun again around two in the morning and and so I we're sitting there talking and laughing and I'm telling story and so then I said to the guy I said and then I look at the watch and it's like 11 45 p.m and these people are cross-eyed falling asleep at the table and I'm telling more stories And I'm going into my, you know, all my jokes and all my puns. And I'm thinking I'm really entertaining. And I realize it is not five in the evening, even though it looks like it's five in the evening. It is close to midnight. But the sun refuses to go down. The sun refuses to stop shining. That's the way it is for the child of God. You might be in the worst midnight of your life. But in Jesus, the sun refuses to set. The light refuses to shine, to stop shining. Darkness has no power over you. Darkness has no authority over you. You won't be blind. You won't be ignorant. The Lord will make a clear path for you. Oh, somebody clap your hands and lift your voice unto the Lord. Come on, if you believe it, clap your hands and shout unto God. Shout unto God. Come on, shout unto God. Shout unto God. Shout unto God. Glory! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet this morning and clap our hands again unto him. Come on, let's shout unto him with a voice of triumph. Let's shout unto him with a voice of triumph. I remember very vividly as a child... One of the worst thunderstorms that I ever remember waking up to. It was shaking our house. It was rattling the windows. The lightning felt like it was coming across my bed just over my face. The thunderclap was immediate. And I thought the whole house was going to be taken away and I'd end up in the land of Oz or something. I don't know what was going to happen. I remember fearing all night, fretting all night. It was a very scary moment. I was just a kid. I was probably 9, 10 years old. And I remember thinking, we might might not survive this. I didn't know everything. I was kind of, quote, in the dark, unquote, about how thunderstorms worked. And I just didn't know for sure what was going to happen. But I remember when I finally did fall asleep. And I woke up that next morning. And it was in the middle of the summer. And I got up and mom and dad were up. And they took me to breakfast that morning. Just the three of us. I remember going out to breakfast. And seeing the water puddles. I saw trees that were struck by lightning. And some laying in the street. And I saw the devastation that a storm can cause. But When we walked into that restaurant and I heard the familiar sounds of people talking, forks clanging against plates, coffee cups being set back on saucers, and I could smell the breakfast. I was reminded that life will go on. Regardless of how difficult the storm Life will go on. I don't know what you're facing today, but if it seems so difficult and so challenging, just hold on to the Lord to whom you have signed your life. He will fight your battles for you. He will fight your battles for you. And regardless of how frightening this season of life may seem, life, (laughs) life and light we'll go on Let's praise the Lord right now. Let's praise the Lord right now. Let's praise the Lord right now. I want somebody who's going through a difficult season I want you to come forward right now We're going to sing, this is Sunday morning We need a touch from the Lord If you need a touch from God, I want you to come forward right now And say, God, I need a brand new touch Hallelujah If you need the Holy Ghost today, I want you to come forward And say, Lord, I want you to fill me to overflowing With the power of the Holy Ghost Come on, that's it In the name of Jesus There you go, that's it, hallelujah Come on, somebody else Somebody else, somebody else. That's it, that's it. God bless you. Come on, I need somebody to be real this morning and say, this is a challenging time of life for me. I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm not sure what the next day may hold. I'm going through temptations. I'm having financial struggles. Maybe some sickness has entered into my life. And I need Jesus to come and save me and help me. And I need him to do it quickly. Come on, somebody. This, this is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord Jesus. I will be still. Yes, Lord. Know you. Thank you, Jesus. When the Lord to him Lord save us Lord come and save us Lord come and help us where the oceans, well, the oceans and rise, and rise and thunders roar yes Lord in the name of Jesus